Welcome, everyone. To This House, a podcast with Corey and Katie. This is a podcast about marriage, kids, and the gospel. Because as for this house, and hopefully yours, we, we will, will serve, serve the Lord. Lord. Dun, <laughs> Two weeks in a row. Man. We are on a We're row. on fire. This is awesome. So if you're new with us, if you're just joining us, we're doing a little four-week series called What is Marriage? So last week we dealt with uh, the glory of marriage and just really the purpose of marriage, which mm-hmm. we believe that God did it for his glory. So ultimately your marriage is not about you or your spouse. Ultimately it's about God and God is going to use you as a couple to display his glory throughout all of the earth. That's yep. pretty cool. Yep, that is. It's a big mission, big mandate. So. Yeah. Today, we're going to talk about the problem of marriage, because here's the deal. You've probably experienced it if you've been married. Issues come up, things happen in marriage. That's what we're going to talk about during this episode. What is the problem of marriage? And uh, we're actually going to go to Genesis chapter 3 to look at the problem of marriage. So if you know kind of the big story of the Bible, you have creation, God made everything good, Genesis 1 and 2, and then Genesis 3, something happens, there is a fall. And here's kind of the big idea. A lot of times in marriage, we forget about the fall. We forget that we're living outside of the Garden of Eden. So there are problems, there are issues. And if you remember one thing from this podcast, remember this, the problem is not him. The problem is not her. The problem ultimately is sin. So we have this big fall that happens in Genesis chapter 3. So we're introduced to the enemy uh, of God's uh, creation, God's king of the enemy is identified as the serpent, who we know later on in the Bible is ultimately Satan. And so do you want to kind of tell the story of what happens? Well, a really good preacher one time. (laughs) Is this Brother Ricky? No, it's you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're preaching a sermon on the Gospels. In, that we see throughout scripture uh-huh. and this is what you referred to as the first gospel Ooh. and you used a big word and i know it's like super like people have been to seminary like know it <laughs> it's not that big of a deal but i thought it was really cool that i knew and every time i hear this verse i immediately think that's the proto evangelion yeah Did i say that there right oh yeah first gospel the first Absolutely. which means first gospel yeah. And it's that verse um, 315 that says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel, which at first read through sounds super vague. And like, what what does that even mean? But when you dig into it, you realize the snake crusher is um, Christ. So like... Right here in Genesis 3, we have sin happening between Adam and Eve. Um, Eve eats of the tree that she's not supposed to, the one thing God told them not to do in, like, paradise, and she does it. And then Adam joins along, and then we have this gospel thrown in here mm-hmm. amidst the sin, which yeah. I think is really cool and is a hope. Yeah, uh, It's a passage of hope, even though everything seems terrible. (laughs) No, absolutely. And that's what we hope that as you deal with issues in your marriage, as things come up, you have anger, bitterness, you're, he did something terrible, she did something terrible, whatever the situation is. And we realize there are some really deep things. There are some really wrong things your spouse can do to you. So you don't want to like trivialize any 
problems in your marriage, but at the at the root of them, mm-hmm. um, we have sin that's occurred, and ultimately to fight that root, we have to fight it with the gospel. And so, yeah, that's exactly where we're going. I love, um, yeah, that promise that we're going to see. So let's kind of build the backdrop a little bit. So you alluded to it. Um, but really Adam and Eve, they, they sinned against God. So, and if you notice just the serpent, he's, he's saying lies Did God actually say, are you sure? So he created doubt. Then he denied the consequences. You're not going to die. And then he actually, um, really went after God's goodness. He said, here's the deal. God's actually holding out on you. So we're looking at really Genesis one or Genesis three, um, kind of one through four there. And, uh, it's just lies. And, uh, but notice what it said. Eve desired this food, desired this knowledge desires. Here we have Eve wanting something that ultimately she shouldn't want. And she's promised the world if she'll take it. Mm-hmm. And that's really where sin comes from. You know, sin promises us great things. If you just do this, if you just go there, if you just look mm-hmm. at that, whatever the thing is, there's a promise to it. And mm-hmm. there's a desire and a promise. And when we act on that, then we end up sinning. So we're going to see kind of and what happens. in the moment, a lot of times it is good yeah. or it feels good or whatever it may be feels right in the moment just like eve saw that it was good for food like it was a lot to the eyes like all these things yeah. are you know she's seeing good things that yep. the sin is promising her or yep. appears to give her yeah so and yeah, I think it seems that's, good and right yeah. maybe yelling at your spouse feels like the good. right thing to do yeah. because they've done something that deserves it you mm-hmm. know so then we react in these different ways um so but notice what happens when they actually sinned against God. So it says that she took the fruit, she ate it, she gave some to her husband. And then in verse 7 it says, Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew they were naked. So we, we talked about last week that the goal of marriage is to be naked Nakedness. and unashamed. And that's a good thing. This idea of being completely vulnerable, completely known, and completely loved is the goal. But here... Now, because they've sinned, all of a sudden they know they're naked. So, and not only do they know they're naked, but it says, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So here we see this, this cycle that happens. And here's what we want to really um, help you to understand in your marriage that what happens is a sin occurs. So you sin, your spouse sins. And sin is supposed to bring freedom, joy. It's the right thing to do. It feels good. But the problem is that when we sin, the result is shame. So now Adam and Eve, they're covering up, they're hiding. And just think about how, I mean, that's basically what we do, like especially as married couples. You sin, you feel guilty about it, you feel bad about it, and then what do you do? Normally you try to cover it up. You try to hide. You try to... Maybe do something good or, you know, act nice to your spouse or you just pull away from them, you know, because you don't want to be around them because you feel bad because you've done this thing. You said that thing. Um, you spent the money that you weren't supposed to. Just whatever the issue is, now you feel guilty about it. And the result is sin brings shame. Um, and so now they're they're hiding. Um, so and notice what happens that God actually comes after them. Right. So God comes after them. So in their guilt and shame, God comes after them and he asks them questions. Hey, when it says they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden, 
But the Lord God called to the man and said, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten the tree that I commanded you not to? The man said, The woman whom you gave me, who, who you gave to me, gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. And so then, he's blaming God. Could you, like, think about yeah. A, a chapter ago, he was singing about her. And yeah. Now he's like blaming God yeah. for her. Yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, this is Eve's fault because yeah. Eve did it. And then how you point it out, but you gave her to me. Mm-hmm. So here uh, Adam is blame shifting and he's turning the blame on Eve. It was her fault. She gave me fruit. And by the way, you gave her to me. So, so we see this pattern. Sin brings shame. And in our shame, we usually blame. Well, look at that rhyming. Check that out. All right. <laughs> so you got sin, shame, blame. And it's just this cycle. So now... Adam is blaming God. He's blaming Eve. So then God goes to Eve. And what does Eve essentially say? She says, um, thanks verse 13. Yeah. Then the Lord God said, this is what he says to her. What is this you have done? And the woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So she blamed Satan. Yeah. So she's blaming too. Yeah. So she did the same thing. Like she feels guilty. She feels shameful. Mm -hmm. So both of them, again, the little rhyme, sin, sin shame, shame, blame. blame. And, uh, and it's the cycle that, that occurs. And then what happens is in our blaming, um, when we blame the other person, the other person is offended, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's, there's an offense there of what, what do you mean? It's my fault. This isn't what I did. And then usually the person that's offended now goes after the person that blamed them. And what does that person do? Usually sins against that person. And then they feel shame then they blame, then they offend. And it's just this over and over cycle that happens in our marriages. We we sin, we feel bad about it. That's guilt. Our guilt causes us to blame others. And then our blaming, there's an offense that happens. And then in that offensiveness, then it causes the other person usually to lash out, either to come at us or retreat. Then there's that sin that happens all over again. So both of us are in this cycle of sin just happening over and over and over again. So um, the goal is obviously to break out of the cycle, mm-hmm. right? So we yeah. see it very plain how it happened to our first parents. And this is what happens often just in marriages in general, mm-hmm. that there's somebody does something, then there's guilt and there's blaming, then there's offense, and then it starts the cycle all over again. So um, what we want to try to talk about is how do you get out of this sin cycle? So yeah. do you have any do you have any thoughts, any words of wisdom well, for think, things you can do in these moments of... I think it goes back to a little bit of what you've already said in the beginning, but, you know, the idea of the person is not the problem, but sin is the problem. Yeah. So instead of attacking the person, attack the sin. Well, that's easier said than done, you know, and it's like practically how, how does that even work? And so I think one thing... Um, is prayer. And I actually was listening to a podcast today and the person on there said uh, it was a different topic completely, but she was saying her advice to people. Um, she was actually, I'll just tell you the context. She was talking about, um, parents who their children are, have same sex attractions and are struggling through that. And they, they asked this girl's advice cause she's kind of an expert on the area. And they're like, what do you, how would well, how would you deal with that? What do you mm-hmm. say um, when when your child comes to you with these things? And she, her thing was every situation is different. Mm-hmm. So I tell you to pray. 
Mm. Like you have to pray about each one of these different situations. Yeah. And the mom was like, well, give me something more practical that I can do. And she was like, I mean, how? <laughs> I mean you know, I feel like yeah. sometimes we think of prayers like this. It's just like this thing that's not really, oh, it's just what you say. Pray about yeah. it. But I think like, and especially in this sin situations in marriage, it's like, I mean, that is the best thing you can do mm. in the moment immediately. You know, maybe it's a fight and you're both heated and angry to just, you know, I need a break. Mm-hmm. I need to walk, not a break, break, but like yeah. a break from this heated moment and just spend some time alone before the Lord you know, just stew on that before the Lord versus stewing on what happened. Yeah. Um, and so, and I do think it is practical, a practical thing to do. And I do Absolutely. think um, God provides um, answers in those times. And a lot of times it may not be the answers you're seeking. It may mm-hmm. be he's showing you your sin in the situation, <laughs> which yeah. is a hard pill to swallow, which I think is a lot of times why people don't, um, turn to God in that conversational way yeah. because we know he's going to show us our own sin too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that would be one way to break the cycle. Yeah. I love how you said it's, it, it is practical. I mean, you're inviting the God of the universe yes. to pour out grace, mercy, healing, conviction, <laughs> restoration. Into like, the situation. He really does it through the Holy Spirit. Instead of just you and your spouse, like, how are we going to fix this? How are we going to get over this fight or whatever is causing it? And some couples, it's the same. It may be financial. And you always fight about fi- finances. And you're yeah. just always, like, that's just the recipe for your marriage. That's just our big issue is finances. Yeah. And we're just always going to deal with it. Well, yeah, if it's the two of you working on mm-hmm. it. But when you invite God into the equation and, and practically with the Lord pray about it and then make steps to change behavior with his help. Like it doesn't have to be your fight the rest of your marriage. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I think you hit on a very good point where it's like, um, you know, there's that you should know, like the expectation of there's going to be these moments. Like there's Mm -hmm. going to be these, these, um, you know, just sin moments are going to happen. You know, it's almost like you should expect them and then not fight against the person, you know, like, oh, they're the problem, but sin's the problem. And I think mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, Paul Tripp wrote a good book, What Did You Expect? And his whole premise of marriage is usually we expect when we get married, that person's going to make us happy. happy. Everything's going to yeah. be great. And so we get married for happiness. And then all of a sudden they're not doing everything we wanted them to do. They're leaving the toilet seat up and, you know, throwing clothes on the floor and like they're not making us happy and so it's like this is not this is not marriage and the truth is that we got married God wants us to be married ultimately for the goal of sanctification and that's the this switch that he kind of puts in that book what did you expect the expectation is I married someone who still struggles with sin and guess what my spouse married someone Mm -hmm. who still struggles with sin and so the reality is that when sin comes up um, instead of fighting against each other, uh, we need to fight for, for each, each other. other. And that's one of the things that I try to tell. We've probably talked about this on the podcast. I'm not for sure. Um, but anytime like marriage counseling or pre-marriage counseling, that's one of the sort of illustrations that I try to give couples. And so just, if you haven't heard this before, uh, stay tuned, but it's, uh, so you're in a boxing rink. Okay. And you got to imagine like you're with your spouse, you're in this boxing rink. And usually what we think is, 
okay, I'm boxing against my spouse. Like these problems, I'm coming at her. She's coming at me. I'm going to make them see my way, my side. Yeah, it's like yeah. jab, blow, jab, blow, and like I'm going to win this fight. I want to be right. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to prove. Oh, yeah. absolutely. And so the idea is instead of seeing you as your spouse's opponent that you're fighting against, mm -hmm. you need to view yourself as like the little coach in Rocky who's in the corner with the water bottle. Mm -hmm. And what's his job? His job is to encourage Rocky to keep fighting. Mm -hmm. And who's Rocky fighting? Like the big Russian guy, right? Yeah. So the big Russian guy is your sin. Mm -hmm. No offense to like Russian people. They're <laughs> awesome. But in Rocky, you want to kill the big Russian guy. Um, but that's like your sin. And so the idea is your spouse, yes, they're yelling. Yes, something happened. They lied to you. They um, did something that was inappropriate. Like something bad happened. And you can either fight them or you can be the little coach in the corner with a water bottle and you can actually help them to fight against whatever sin they just committed so yes. that they can actually go to war against the right thing. So instead of fighting with your spouse, mm -hmm. fight for your spouse. Put down the boxing gloves, grab a bottle of water and say, hey, honey, let's mm -hmm. let's talk. What happened? Because a lot of times I think very practically we come home and the fight started, there was an issue at work, there was an issue at home, the kids were crazy, like it was just, it all festered and then boom, a fight went out. And really, it might not even been you that caused the fight. Mm -hmm. And so you need to drill down on, hey, what's really going on? Man, and I've I had think, a bad day. Um, knowing your spouse, because I feel like, you know, there's this big thing with like Enneagram and all that's like the thing now. And for those of you who don't know, Enneagram is just a personality test. It's yes. not like a magic, whatever. I'm a five. What are you? I don't know what for sure. <laughs> but but I think knowing your spouse's personality um, tendencies is a good thing. But also like as you should know, I feel like most people, um, you could correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, but most people have a certain sin that is just always... Um, you can get victory of, over it, of course, but it's always going to be kind of that little issue that festers up from time to time. And just just getting real here on the podcast, I don't care to share. Like, I feel like for me, it's worrying about what other people think yeah. of me, of my things I do, things yeah. the Lord's even called me to do. Like, yeah. that's just my, my crux. And I feel like in thinking of this illustration, I feel like over time it hasn't happened like didn't happen our first few years of marriage or whatever, but I think you identified that mm. along with me. Um, I think I've always been pretty open about, about that being yeah. a struggle and, um, you fight with, with me in mm -hmm. that, um, well, I'm crying on the podcast, yeah. but I feel hey, like this, this is good. <laughs> um, I, I feel like you do a really good job of not just recognizing it mm. and you encourage me in it because you will, give me that affirmation that mm -hmm. I crave, but yet you also do a good job of pointing me to like the only opinion that matters mm -hmm. is God's mm -hmm. and you're doing whatever it is you're doing, parenting, being a mom, um, speaking to groups of people, being around women at church, whatever it is that you're doing, you're doing it for his glory. And he's the only, he called you to it yep. and he's pleased, you yep. know, so I feel like just in practically thinking, I wanted to share like an actual tangible example yeah. Yeah. of what that looks like. So. Yeah. 
think that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, that's super awesome. We did not plan this before. Yeah. We're just talking. We, we talking actually planned. We actually planned. Katie, you're going to cry and yeah. you're going to share a yeah. scent. No, At we didn't do that. 25 minutes, please. Okay. Water balls no. come out. I yeah. said I'm the color commentary in this if we were like a sports broadcast. Corey's yeah. like the main. Well, I think in this little like maybe series i think in yeah, most in of podcasts series. we're pretty in much this series. Yeah. yeah i just like to listen yeah. to you talk so i just try to prompt you to talk a in, lot in this series i'm the color <laughs> uh, hopefully we're both color and god's word is like the main thing yeah i like that there you go yeah we're just okay. coloring up with god so okay. he's awesome yeah but thanks for sharing that so yeah that's a very um yeah so when we talk about you know there's times even uh, where you need to walk your spouse, I think be there for them, but then also nudge them to confession mm-hmm. and repentance because those are real things that we need to get to. And and don't be offended when your spouse very gently, lovingly points things out. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we tend to, just like Adam and Eve, notice what they're doing. They're mm-hmm. covering up. Yeah. And think about as you know, husbands and wives, how much we cover up because we don't want to admit yeah, that was just pride. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, yeah. I'm just prideful. Like that's mm-hmm. why I'm doing this. It wasn't because of the things I'm saying. It was just sin on my part, you know. But yeah. we tend to cover up and and we hide. I mean, that's what Adam and Eve are doing. So we do all these things over and over again. So instead of going in the hiding place and beating your spouse up, mm-hmm. <laughs> like go there the way God goes there and woo them, ask questions, get to mm-hmm. the bottom of it because God is trying to pull out from them. Hey, what happened? Mm-hmm. He wants them to admit, yeah, I sinned. Mm-hmm. Because when they admit I sinned, guess what? Think, think, like gospel. <laughs> like yeah, that's and I think for in our marriages, when we fight, we want to try to get to a place very lovingly and gently of it, admitting and confession, repentance, because that's where growth comes. And I think as married couples, how many times do we really get to? confession and repentance like I'll be honest like I think even with us um our with our kids Mm -hmm. like it's always when something happens okay say you're sorry Mm -hmm. say forgiveness like we always make them repent confess forgive but then how many times do we have little things that happen that we let go yeah yeah, for sure. And we don't get to the, no, hold on, let's let's deal with yeah. this. Well, and once again, just being real, like, a Uh-oh. lot. Uh, of course, no, it's coming. He's like, crap. <laughs> um, so. Preacher's wife tells all yeah. on podcast. <laughs> it's not bad. Can podcasts go viral? I don't Does know. I don't, Here I don't we know. go. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, just thinking about, you've got me all off track. Now I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> No, but in thinking about couples and like, I feel like as a couples, you have personality, you know, like Enneagram number, yes. but like you have a personality traits as a couple. Yeah. Well, you're one flesh. You yeah. kind of should kind of had some things that are similar. Yeah. And I feel like for us, whereas a lot of couples, they argue and yeah. they, fight, I mean, they have knocked down drag outs. No we have friends that would say, say yeah. that, you know, um, that's how they, they fight yeah. to deal with some of their issues in their marriage. I feel like we tend to pull away yeah. and just be quiet. Yeah. So it, seemingly it's like, well, we, we don't ever fight yeah. really. Yeah. Um, but it's like, well, you know, that it doesn't mean that there's not conflict. Absolutely. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. No, you're hundred percent. right. And I think even those 
like fight or flight, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, that's kind of the, you know, typically if you're married, like one of you is going to be more of a fighter. One of mm-hmm. you is going to be more of a flyer, but then sometimes both of you are fighters and both of you are flyers. So mm-hmm. kind of identify even with each other. And maybe this would be a good thing to do with your spouse. Like, Hey, okay, let's think about how we typically fight. Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we typically just bury things and they yeah. go on and on. And mm-hmm. I think when things get buried, in subtle ways, you treat the other one different. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're a little bit cold to them. You're yeah. a little bit distant to them. You're not as warm when they come. There, you've, you've got ways to, and here, here's, I think it really was kind of drilled even more on this whole sin and shame and blame. Not only do we blame, but we want to punish. Right. Yeah. And I think you think about it, like when you're, when you're sinned against, you, you want to punish mm-hmm. because sin deserves punishment. And so it's, Okay, she did this, so I'm going to pull away. I'm not going to give her affection tonight. I'm not going to go after her. Like, I'm just going to pull away. Or maybe it's the other one where your punishment is, I'm going to go after and attack and run my mouth and get loud. But both of those, you're demanding justice. Yeah. You're demanding what you did deserves wrath, and I'm going to bring it. Yeah. And I think that can come out in different ways. Mm -hmm. So you've got, then we sin, we feel guilty, there's shame then there's blame, then there's offense, and then there's punishment. Like all of this, I think we could just summarize is how we deal with each other through the law. Yeah. You know, in a sense, like this is like fig leaves represent the law. Like Mm -hmm. they're covering up, they're hiding behind, they're demanding payments, their punishment. Like all of this is like how we do law. And law says, you've done something, now I'm going to punish you. Yeah. If you do good, I'll give you goodness. Good if you do bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, the opposite of law is what? Uh, grace. Grace. Forgiveness. <laughs> yeah. It's like instead of law. Mm-hmm. So, so you think about this this cycle that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Sin, shame, blame, offend. Sin, shame, blame, mm-hmm. offend. Just over and over again. There's hiding. There's fighting. There's um, a punishment. All this is giving each other what we deserve. Mm-hmm. which is the complete opposite of what the gospel is. The gospel is God gave us what we don't deserve. Mm-hmm. And so the, the the way to really fight against this problem in your marriage, which ultimately is sin, it's not him or her, it's sin, is to inject grace into your marriage. Yeah. When your spouse does something dumb and just does something that you absolutely know he shouldn't do or she shouldn't do, instead of fighting them, Give them grace. Go Mm -hmm. do what God did. God didn't run and hide. God came after them. Mm -hmm. God asked questions of them. God comes to them to try to draw out what the problem is and what the solution is. So I think that's what that's what we have to do um, in our marriages. Yeah. And I think I mean, I think we've hit on this pretty good, but just, um, you know, I feel like you could almost go down that road of like, well, just just give them grace. We're just like they're in the sin situation and we're just going to show them grace, just yeah. grace, grace, grace. And that's going to fix it. If we love them enough, if we serve them enough, the grace that I'm giving them will fix the sin. Well, yeah. sometimes it might, but other times we may need to speak some truth too. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we've addressed that well, but now that we're talking about grace, I also sure. want to like, um, you know, not in a like harsh way, just, but also like, Let's identify the problem, like you said, which is sin, and let's fight the sin together, not fighting your spouse, but the sin that they're dealing with. Yeah. And, like, how can you help in that? How can Absolutely. you pray for them? 
all those things. And I feel like I'm on this like grace and truth kick right now because I'm studying John. But I feel like Jesus is our ultimate example of like grace and truth. Yeah. The way he dealt with people, um, the way, I mean, I just, the woman at the well, it's come to mind. Like he loved her so well mm-hmm. and told, told her he was living water, but he didn't like brush over the fact that she had all these husbands yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and or all these men yeah. um, that she was sleeping with. Like yeah. he made that clear before her yeah. that he recognized sin, but he loved her mm-hmm. so well too at the same time. So he had grace and truth in that moment. And I feel like we can have both grace and truth in our, in our marriages too. Yeah. So. No, I think you're absolutely right. And even just kind of, you know, if we look, if we keep going in Genesis chapter three, um, you'll see that's what God does. Mm-hmm. You know, God, grace is not like a word of excuse. Grace is God's enabling power to change someone, mm-hmm. you know. And so that verse you pointed out, Genesis 3.15, the Proto-Evangelion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that first gospel where there's this promise of, hey, God is going to fix this. And notice how God's going to fix it. There's going to be this battle that's going to happen, this war that's going to happen between the offspring of the woman and Satan. Uh, Satan's going to bruise him, but the offspring is going to crush Satan's head. So we see, we know that's the cross, okay? That's where Jesus... I have in my notes here, I'm sure it came from you, but this the word seed here refers to the woman's seed, not man's seed. Mm -hmm. And in most other passages, it's man's when you see the seed, yeah. it's referring to man's yeah. seed. So that's significant yeah. because Jesus came from Mary, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and even like you've got sort of that idea of like sin nature passing through, you know, like the male line, and here's mm-hmm. Adam that's fallen, fallen. and now there's yes, this woman yes. who's going to give birth. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think even just a picture of Mary, like here's mm-hmm. a woman's going to give birth to an offspring and it's not like you know many it's one and it's yeah. a he you know mm-hmm. so there's all this packaging of this is definitely Jesus deep. coming yeah it's getting deep. you thought we were talking about problem marriage here we yeah. are gospel and I, you think this is what I love about this though and just in studying the bible it's like you've heard this story your whole life you know I mean our kids could quote no the doubt. story not word for word but they could tell this story if, yeah. we, if we sat cried her down maybe said, word for word for cry maybe <laughs> if we said what happened to adam and eve like what'd they do and he could tell us this but when you study god's word and you like pick out that kind of stuff yeah. like it's so yeah. so neat anyway yeah sorry it's that's another deeper. story altogether. yeah absolutely <laughs> listen to our episode on love your bible that's right that's a good one. <laughs> if you want more of that but Anyway. One of the coolest things, so then after that happens, then look with me in verse uh, 20 and 21. It says this, <clears throat> The man called his wife name Eve because she was the mother of all the living. Now think about how significant is that. God just said, if you eat, you'll die. Mm-hmm. Now she's the mother of the living. So she's getting what she doesn't deserve. They should yeah. be dying now she's getting to live, and she's the mother of the living. Think about how much different that is than what they really deserve. Yeah. So God's giving them what they don't deserve. Um, so we're going to take that into your marriage. You're giving your spouse what they don't deserve. But then notice this in verse 21. And the Lord God made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin and clothed them. And that's one of the most powerful little passages. Just love the imagery there. I mean, if you think about it, so they're dressed in fig leaves. 
fig leaves are their effort to cover up their problem. Mm -hmm. They feel guilty. They know they've blown it. So they cover themselves with fig leaves. Um, But the problem is fig leaves can't hide their sin. And our own efforts, like if you're married, trying to do better, um, trying to speak nice, like you know you've done something that needs to be dealt with. You can't just brush over. You can't just bring the law and fig leaves in. What happens is God brings them a garment of skin. And, uh, you know, I love, I preach on this a lot, but if you, you know, I mean, just bring to the logical conclusion, if there's a garment of skin, something has to to die. die. Mm -hmm. So it's like Adam and Eve are now putting on their new wardrobes, this wardrobe of a garment of skin, but they can almost see in the foreground, there's a dead animal laying Mm -hmm. in the, in paradise. Like yeah. a death that should not have happened has happened. Mm-hmm. In paradise, something has died. And it's this idea of Adam and Eve deserve death. They're now mother and father of the living. And something has died that didn't deserve to die. And it's that's the picture of the gospel that points to the cross. That we deserve death and punishment for our sin. But mm-hmm. Jesus died for us. There's been a sacrifice. And now we are clothed in his righteousness. We're washed in his blood, which means that our guilt and our shame has been dealt with. And now we can stand before God naked and unashamed again in, in a real sense of bearing our soul before God, be fully known and fully loved. And with our spouse, we can do the same thing. We can be fully known and fully loved because all those blemishes, all that junk, it's dealt with at the cross of Christ. So here's where we're bringing in the full gospel. When sin happens in your marriage, you don't just say, you know, kind of as you alluded to, well, I'll just give you grace. Mm-hmm. No, grace means gospel. Like you're mm-hmm. bringing the cross and the empty tomb into your marriage and you're saying, yes, what you did to me deserves punishment. But Christ died mm-hmm. and he redeemed um, our, our sins. He redeemed us from our sins. And because of that, I can give you forgiveness. And yeah. guess what? We can be rescued and redeemed from this sin. So it, you don't have to keep doing it over and over again. As you're alluding to, prayer and grace and truth, it brings life and we grow past these things that we struggle with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm in. Altar call. Here we go. I love. uh, We actually went to the dinner bell, which we highly recommend on the podcast. It's in Aurora. It's awesome. If you haven't been to the dinner bell, you need to go. We're not receiving (laughs) any endorsement money for this. This is just. But dinner bell. If you want to give us some free rolls, like we would. Yeah, we'll we'll plug you all the time. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. But what did you say at the dinner bell? I'm gonna go out on a limb and say. Okay. If they don't have a credit card machine at the dinner bell, they're not going to be here in our podcast. That's a very I'm good point. I'm just going to say it. That, that <laughs> that's a very good point. Yes, if they uh, don't know debit cards are in existence yet, then no, they're not. They're not. Podcasting. So if you do go there, um, they haven't take, heard about us. <laughs> take you some cash. <laughs> yes, take cash or check. Tell them this house sends you. <laughs> See what they do. Yes, don't uh, use promo code this house. <laughs> See, see if that works. Um, but what did you tell me at the dinner bell that you wanted to bring up about? I know it's been like dinner and a little bit since then, um, but about how like we get over and we get to see each other change in marriage. Um, <laughs> I'll peek your. Uh, I'll peek your. Okay. Memory. Okay. So, so I said Tim Keller actually has a great quote about that. 
uh-huh. and meaning of marriage. And he says one of the great things about marriage is oh, you get to yeah. watch the other person become their glory self. Yeah. So do you want to kind of explain what? Oh, well, I what just that means. I just referenced the scripture that I mean, and we brought it up last podcast about being washed. Um, like in your marriage, yeah. like what does it actually say? Yeah. Like, yeah. I just Ephesians know that five. Yeah. just that picture of washing. The washing of the word. And yeah, there's no wrinkle, no blemish. Like yeah, be so it's like, yeah. um, and I know that's a lot of a, re- a reference to Christ, but I do think it's also like in marriage, like we can help each other absolutely become more like Christ, and in a sense, we are, you know, washing each other. Yeah. Um, that's a really cool image. It's, it is really cool. And I can't help but think about um, just like a, a bride on her wedding day. She may wear a white dress, but yeah. she has sin. Yeah. It may not be sexual sin or whatever, but it might yeah. be. It yeah. might be sexual sin in her past. Mm-hmm. And even though she's married, getting married and so happy to have found the one, it's like there's still that sin that she regrets and feels shameful over but over time through the marriage mm-hmm. you're being washed yeah. and i just think that's you know whatever sin it may be um yeah. and over time you're like either breaking away from shame that you feel yeah. over past sin or you are dealing with current sin that is working its way out of you through um, the help of your spouse, hopefully, and through your relationship with the Lord yeah. and his sanctification. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I think just, yeah, don't forget like sanctification is true for both of you in marriage. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about the picture when you kind of said that about we're watching each other. You know, I'm just imagining like, you know, if you are dirty mm-hmm. over there, like mm-hmm. actually physically dirty, mm-hmm. like my reaction shouldn't be to get angry or throw more dirt on you or or like reject you it's mm-hmm. hey honey come over here you've got something on your face you've got you've got let me clean you up and i think in a in a in, in a real sense like think about sin that your spouse does or deals with it's like they have dirt on them mm-hmm. and one of your cool roles is you get to help wash that with the word and prayer and pursuit and love mm-hmm. and grace and hopefully that dirt is going to start to come off so that they can and here's kind of one of the cool things is you get you're married to someone who God has an intended plan for them if they're a believer. Like God has mm-hmm. good works he's created them for, and you get to see that person become all God has created them to be. Mm-hmm. And here's the here's the truth. You're either going to help with that mm-hmm. or you're going to derail that. Yeah. And that's, and that's a weighty thing to think about. And on that, you recognize each other's gifts. I feel like you can pick out things that you see in your spouse that maybe they don't see or they feel, um, I don't know, like, insecure about certain gifts that they've been given and just need that push from you. Like I noticed this gift in you. Yeah. Like God's given it to you. So use it for him. You know, I feel like over time you pinpoint each other's God given just gifts. Yeah. No doubt. And that's another way that, that idea of becoming all that God wants them to be is identifying those gifts that he's given. Yeah. And I think one of the things that keeps us from using those gifts is we know we're not perfect. Mm-hmm. We know, like, if somebody found out about this or my thoughts or my struggle with pr- whatever it is, like, I'm not going to be worthy to do this. And then your spouse is probably the one who knows you best, the one mm-hmm. you can hide the least from because they see you yeah. in all colors. And then all of a sudden, like, your spouse is affirming you to say, no, yeah. honey, like, th- this is good. And you you do need to do that. 
like we we need to see past each other's failures mm-hmm. and look at the good things that God's doing in us and through us and affirm those and and man push push each other towards who God's made us to be and uh, yeah I think that's awesome one of the ways that we um, help each other to fight sin so. So yeah, so just in kind of summarizing, I know we I feel like talked about a lot of yeah. I think it went like places that I wasn't expecting to go, and I thought it's it, because like, of the color commentary. Yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully, um, he never this, knows what I'm going to say. Never y'all. know. We don't really know what we're going to say. We, we're <laughs> like, all right, let's try this. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you've been listening to us for a little bit, and uh, hopefully, just some things that God brought out during this conversation. Um, spurred you to, to think about how can you better serve your husband, serve your wife. Um, and fight sin, not the person. Yeah, fight sin, not them. Fight That's sin, kind of a big idea. We and should put a... Break the cycle of sin, shame, and blame. And, a, and offend. And offend. I and mean, repeat. And repeat. Just break that. Yeah, break that cycle because mm-hmm. it's just going to grow and it's going to make... Yeah, it's just, it's no good. And we see it right in the beginning pages. Loincloths, cover, hide, run. It doesn't work. So big idea. Um, Yeah, it's the problem is sin, not them. There is a natural cycle of sin, shame, blame, offend, repeat. How do you break the cycle? You bring in the gospel. God um, killed an animal, brought him garments of skin. Uh, For us, God... Um, put Jesus on the cross, and he brought us his righteousness. And so we need to remember that and apply grace and gospel to our spouse uh, in the in the boxing ring. Stop hitting, stop putting on the gloves and going after your spouse. Instead, take off the gloves, grab the water bottle, and say, Honey, I'm in your corner. How can I pray for you? How can I go to war for you? Because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the enemy. I'm not against you. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Ephesians tells us, but against Satan and the Prince of Powers. Um, so that's the war. That's what we're fighting on. So I think when when there is a problem in your marriage, and the problem is sin, how do you mm-hmm. deal with sin? You can't deal it with the law. The law makes it worse. You have to deal with it through the gospel. Bring in, man, the blood of Christ. Pray with each other, grow with each other, know that sin's going to happen, so deal with it the right ways, and you'll get to watch your spouse become their glory self, Mm -hmm. and you get to watch your spouse become all God's created them to be. So you might be driving home, you might be running home, you might be cooking dinner, and folding laundry, folding whatever you're doing, and there's something that you're angry about your spouse about. Something's happened. They're dirty. Maybe you're dirty. So the question is, are you going to go to bed dirty or are you going to wash each other off? Yeah. Are you going to bring in confession and forgiveness and, and go to bed clean and wake up and uh, pursue Jesus tomorrow? So yeah. that's the challenge. Get real. Deal with the issues in your life. Um, bring them up. Bring in the gospel because that is ultimately the solution. Which is cool because that's what we're going to talk about next week in okay. very much detail. So we've talked about the glory of marriage. It's all about the glory of God. We get to spread his image throughout the world. We've talked about the problem, that sin. Now we're going to look at the gospel of marriage from Ephesians chapter 5 and really look at how do how does the husband and wife live out their roles of love and respect in a way that brings the gospel to bear but also displays the gospel for others to see. Yep. 
Sounds good. That Can't should, wait. Should be fun. So right. we will see you then. And uh, until then, as for this house, we will serve the Lord. And we hope that you will too.